Hello, this is Donna Reish of Character Inc. blog and publishing company and Raising Kids with Character parenting seminar and blog. You have happened upon another episode of Wondering Wednesday, a podcast devoted to answering questions from readers about parenting, homeschooling, marriage, low-carb cooking, homemaking, language arts, teaching, writing, and more. Last week, if you were able to join us, I answered 10 questions, or I actually gave 10 questions that you want to ask yourself when you begin freezer cooking. Hopefully, you have listened to that, and if you haven't, you can follow the link at the bottom of the page to get to that. This week, as I promised, I'm going to be talking in more detail about my cycle cooking. Brief introduction, I won't spend a lot of time on it since I've talked about it on the blog as well as in last week's podcast episode. Cycle cooking is the way that I have come up with cooking for the freezer. Many years ago, 24 years ago, I began using the Make a Mix Cookery book and learning how to put meats and different starters in the freezer as well as how to make mixes, Um, cake mixes, bisquick, um, seasoning mixes, all types of things, bread mixes, and so forth. And then I started using the Once a Month Cooking Book, which is the kind of beginning of freezer cooking um, for many people, and that's where a lot of us got our start 24 years ago, 22 years ago. And with that book, you cook once a month, you plan your menus according to the menus, the recipes that you get out of the book or others, and then you cook for one day and you put 20, 25, or 30 entrees in the freezer that you will use throughout the month. And you do that once a month. Um, and it's just an efficient, effective way to have quick meals and be uh, not not able to not having to spend so much time in the kitchen each evening and so forth and just obviously you know cooking one lasagna or making one lasagna um, versus making four it's just it just makes sense because making four lasagnas does not take four times the amount of time as making one and so it's just very efficient in that way and I did that for a period of time and I really enjoyed it because it offers a lot of variety. You make several, you make many, many different things when you do that. And usually, I can't remember exactly, but it's like two of each entree, or sometimes there's only one of some. But um, but it wasn't quite as efficient as I wanted to be as I learned how to freezer cook. So then I uh, switched to what I call cycle cooking. And to make a long story short, I cooked for a week and filled my freezer up for six months. And each day of that week, I did a different type of food. So one day I did shredded chicken. The next day I did whole chicken breast and fish pieces. The next day I did crumbled ground beef and ground turkey. And the next day I did shaped, what I call my shaped cycle, which is um, roast, um, Swiss steak, cube steak, um, sausage, whole pieces of sausage, and so forth. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But anyway, I did that for a week, and then I had food for six months. And um, it was a very trying week, obviously. The previous week, I planned the whole week. So, um, But then throughout the next six months, every month, I would just make a different type, 30 or 20 or whatever I desired, of a certain type, put that in my other freezer. And then at the end of the six months, 
by doing cooking every month with a different type of food, I had another six months worth of freezer meals. And, um, other than the initial beginning, which was very taxing, like I mentioned, um, it was just a wonderful plan because I cooked all the same type of things, put it in the freezer, and then the next month cooked all the same type of things, put those in the freezer, and then at the end of the six months, I had all types and I was ready to go for the next six months. Um, so that was what I did for many, many years. And um, it just, like I said, it suited the type of cook that I am, wanting to, you know, work more quickly and more efficiently and um, and so forth. But now I am here with two uh, college and teen kids at home and my husband and I. So there are four of us uh, at home all the time. And then in the summer, sometimes, you know, we'll have a, a college kid home. Um, this summer we have our son and his wife for the summer while they're home interning in things during the summer semester. And, um, then of course, because we have grown children and they all live in the area now, um, except for our son and daughter-in-law who are away during the academic year. But, um, because of that, we have things going on all the time and kids in and out and lots of dinners and, and it's just really a lot of fun. Um, so it's kind of misleading when I say I have four that I cook for. Um, also everybody here, like right now we have six here and everybody here eats lunch here or packs lunch from here. So, um, that that's, I like to have leftovers for that as well. So nowadays, um, I still use the cycle cooking idea, but I use it on a much smaller scale. Now I start this episode with all of that because I want you to see that you can do something all out crazy where, you know, you literally fill your freezer uh, for six months, and then once a month after that, you do this different cycles. Or you can do something small scale like I do now, which is simply buy a certain type of meat each week and cook four, five, six, or eight things of that particular meat and put it in the freezer and be on my way. So, you know, there, it runs the gamut or, you know, even just three or four of something. My goal right now is to be sure that I always put four things in the freezer every week. And I usually use the cycle approach. So what I would like for you to, to, to show you today, if you have the handout, which I hope you do because it lists a lot of different entrees, I don't, I'm not necessarily uh, trying to give you recipes here, although I do have some of these recipes at the blog and I'm working on getting all of them up there because if for no other reason, I like to have them there for myself and for my children. But I'm hoping that they'll be able to help others as well in their home management and um, parenting because kitchen work does take a great deal of time and it does uh, take a lot of stress each day. And so, you know, if we can make this an easier process, then we have more time for other things and more time with our children, more time as a family and just investing in our kids. So um, kind of a, a multi-pronged um, uh approach here to it because I'm all about helping families to spend more time together and to um, raise our children up uh, with close relationships. So in front of you, you should see the cycle cooking uh, page with entrees and starters listed. So what I would like to do is just go through each cycle and whether you're going to just get some meat each week and make four of something Make four chicken lasagnas this week, have one for dinner, put three in the freezer the next week, you know, buy um, 
hamburger, make eight meatloaves, put six in the freezer to have two for dinner. You know, whether you're going to do that or you're going to do a huge, huge cooking uh, week, um, this approach works really well. First of all, some benefits. The, the cycle cooking, uh, because you're cooking by type, it can also be called type cooking, or and so each one of these is a different type of meat. Because you're cooking by type, you really reduce the amount of time that you spend in preparation. When I did once a month cooking, I would, you know, be shredding my chicken. I'd be crumbling my ground beef. I'd be making um, salmon patties. I'd be making meatloaves, and so it takes time to go from one type to another. Um, and just like it doesn't take four times as long to make four lasagnas as it does to make one, it also doesn't take four times as long to make, um, you know, say 20 pounds of um, crumbled ground beef as it does to make five pounds of crumbled ground beef. So that's that same concept that it is just more efficient and takes less time. It also takes fewer dishes and pots and pans and so forth in the preparation. Um, because, you know, for me, I'm usually putting a bunch of my meat either in two large crock pots or in my big roaster. And, um, if I, if I were doing, you know, three different kinds of meats, I would have three different pans cooking all those meats. Um, and then of course the, the bowls that you mix in because, you know, you're doing a lot of maybe tomato products or a lot of creamy, creamy dishes or whatever. And so it just uses uh, fewer dishes as well. The downfalls of course are that if you aren't careful, you can end up with like just meatballs in your freezer or just lasagnas in your freezer. And so, you know, if you do a big cooking cycle, that won't happen. But if you do smaller amounts and you use them quickly, suppose, you know, week one, you did four beef lasagnas. The next week you did four beef uh, uh, sloppy joes. The next week you did four chicken lasagnas. And suppose you use them really quickly, like two a week. For one thing, you'd be having the same thing over and over again a little quite often. And for another thing, um, you wouldn't allow those first ones, the sloppy joes and the beef lasagna, you wouldn't allow those to build up while you add other things. So that would be a downfall that you could, you know, run the risk of having the same thing over and over again. Now, if you're disciplined and you say, I'm going to make four, um, uh, you know, chicken cordon blues, and I'm going to have one tonight. I'm going to put three in the freezer and, you know, I won't use them again, you know, until I get, you know, eight or 12 things in there, then you'll start to really see results and your freezer will be full. So I don't like to necessarily advocate the huge cycle cooking because it's super overwhelming and it's very expensive and it's not really realistic. Um, I just, we used to take do four weeks of school and one week off. So I would cook during my week off and it just, it, it just worked for us. We had seven children at home. I had a lot of helpers, had a lot of freezers, you know, that type of thing. So that really worked for us. But I realized that that doesn't work for everybody. So think small. Yes. Think about the different cycle types, but think small in terms of how you can accomplish this in your home. So in front of you, you should have the cycle cooking sheet and it is divided up by food type. Now notice it's by meat type. Um, so I always divided my uh, recipes by meat type whenever I was dividing up like this um, because, you know, you kind of base the whole meal around that, around that meat. So uh, you should see in front of you shredded chicken, whole chicken, breast, and fish pieces, crumbled ground beef, and shaped 
cycle. And so um, I would just like to go through each of these cycles and uh, talk about kind of how I prepare the meats and then also the some of my favorite recipes are my favorite ideas to use for this as well as just some other ideas to get you going because a lot of times you know it's not a matter of finding the perfect um freezer cooking recipe although some I do have some really great ones that I have used for 25 years um but it's just what does your family like and how can you make this work for you so let's start over here with the shredded chicken First of all, I do have a blog post about shredded chicken and how I do my shredded chicken in the crock pot and some of the entrees that I fix with, with that shredded chicken. Um, but I'll just give you a brief overview here as well. Whenever I do shredded chicken, I always put, I have the biggest crock pot available. I don't know the size, but I know it's the biggest one that's available outside of my roaster. And um, I put a combination of chicken breast and chicken thighs, boneless, skinless, chicken breast and chicken thighs into my crock pot. I turn it on high for an hour to two hours and I turn it down on low. And um, you, if, in order to do this, you have to get accustomed to your own crock pot because my crock pot cooks extremely quickly. And so even low, low is more like high is like in the oven at 400 <laughs> and low on my crock pot is like high and keep warm is like low. So, um, but I do recommend that you put the chicken on high for an hour or two, and depending on how much chicken you have in it and how big of a crock pot you use, um, so that you don't have warm chicken that's breeding ground for bacteria for a long period of time. So I turn it on high for an hour or two, and then I turn it down on low until it's cooked through. I'm all about a meat thermometer, so I recommend that. Um, just stick it right down in the middle of your meat, not in, not to the side of your crock pot or to the bottom of your crock pot because you don't want to know how hot the, the crock pot is or the, the heating elements. You want to know how hot the middle of the middle of your chicken is. So then I... Uh, toss that into a bowl or fold that out into a bowl, uh, a large, huge silver bowl. And I usually get rid of the broth right away so that it cools faster. Just I put the broth off to the side and kind of lay the chicken all around my biggest silver bowl so that it starts to cool a little bit until it's manageable. As soon as it is the least bit manageable, I dig in and start shredding it. Sometimes I even do it before it's too manageable and I'll use a couple of forks or whatever. But if you shred your chicken while it's warm, you can literally shred... I don't even know. I'm thinking that I I can't remember how many pounds I do. I just do like 16 pounds or something like that. And you can literally do the shredding of 16 pounds of chicken in under five minutes. So then you have your shredded chicken and you're ready to cook. Um, <clears throat> first of all, entrees. Um, I mentioned last week that my personal favorite is all-in-one entrees. That is entrees that have you know, a meat and a starch, maybe a meat and a vegetable. Um, we don't have a lot of starchy foods here. I use low-carb um, pastas and low-carb tortillas and low-carb crepes to make a lot of casserole type of things. And we have just a lot of meats by themselves, as you'll see when we get into some of the other cycles, especially the whole chicken breast fish and shaped. But with the shredded chicken, my favorites are chicken lasagna, and with that, you can, you know, obviously um, make your own cream soup, cream of chicken soup. You can uh, simply mix some, whip some cream cheese, little 
whipping cream half and half or or milk or almond milk uh, with a whisk, blend in some seasonings and some chicken base, and you can just whip up what could be substituted for cream soups very easily. And I do that a lot too. Uh, when I did the big cycle, I will tell you, I used to make a huge pot of cream of chicken soup on my shredded chicken day and a huge pot of cream of mushroom soup on my beef days. Uh, that way we could just dig in with the measuring cup and get out what we needed. Um, and it was a lot less expensive and it was, you know, um, more homemade than having, uh, canned soups. I'm not completely opposed to canned soups because I just, sometimes you just do what you've got to do and, and everything just can't be perfect all the time. So, um, I don't, I don't ascribe to the, everything has to be perfect approach to cooking or cleaning or, or anything else for that matter, because, um, you get disappointed a lot, discouraged, and you keep yourself from going forward because you're always trying for, you always want things to be perfect or else you don't want to do it. So, um, anyway, chicken lasagna, chicken strata, which I've now started making again, low carb, just for those of you who are low carbing. A lot of times, one of the things I miss about low carb cooking is that these combination foods that are so convenient, um, you know, I find myself, I have to come up with a, a, a fairly substantial vegetable or two or a salad plus some kind of meat. And it takes more time to cook low carb because you don't have the combination foods. But with the chicken lasagna, if I make my own cream soup, I use either my homemade crepes or a low carb pasta, then I can have chicken. We can have chicken lasagna again. The chicken strata, I use um, homemade croutons out of low carb bread for that. And my boys love that casserole. So, um, that is just kind of a, almost like a stuffing with chicken and a, a, like a gravy in it and, and so forth. It's, it's really, um, comfort food, sour cream enchiladas. Uh, those are great for the freezer and, uh, well, all of these are, but those are just really, really good because I can get out uh, a pan of sour cream enchiladas and a pan of ground beef enchiladas and have a fiesta in no time with whenever we have several of the kids over or a few of them. Chimichangas. Um, when it comes to chimichangas and this type of thing where they're individual like that, um, I make my filling, I fill my shell, I fold it up and then I flash freeze. I'm going to be referring to this in just a minute and a lot of other, um, of the cycle. So I'll just explain it here. I put it on trays or jelly roll pans, cookie sheets, and, um, just put them close together and stick them in the freezer to flash freeze them. And that means I'm going to freeze them until they're firm enough that I can bag them. Uh, and they can be, you know, just tossed into a bag. They're frozen solid. And, uh, then I can toss the whole bag in the freezer. Anytime you flash freeze anything, you want to be sure that when you defrost it, you take it out of the bag and into your pan before you defrost it because otherwise your, um, you know, your, in this case, your chimichangas will be like on top of each other and they'll defrost and they'll, they might spill out all over each other. They'll be soft and mushy. Um, and you don't want to defrost them in the bag, but flash freezing works wonderfully for things like whole chicken breasts. I'm going to explain that a little bit. Chimichangas, these type of individual things that would take up a lot of space in the freezer if you put them in foil pans and stack them in your freezer, which is my most wonderful way to do it, to freezer cook. But um, that takes up a lot of space. So flash freezing allows you to flash freeze individual items and then bag them up and um, just keep them frozen in their bags. You pull out a bag when you're ready. Uh, so that's about chicken chimichangas. Um, 
some other casseroles there, uh, chicken tetrazzini, arroz con polo, um, chicken pot pies. Those are really good for the freezer. Um, I make a, a low-carb biscuit mix and uh, biscuit dough, biscuit batter and uh, pour it over the top of my filling. And so those are just some really good shredded chicken meals. There are a few others listed there, but those all freeze really well. Um, you just get them out, let them defrost and pop them in the oven. And then you just have to add a salad or fruit salad or lettuce salad or whatever to those um, tortilla chips and salsa, uh, pico de gallo, uh, refried beans, whatever it is, depending on what uh, your entree is. But those are just really great shredded chicken entrees. I want to move over to shredded chicken starters. Um, and I, I talked about this last week and um, I have gotten on to what I call starters. I originally started this actually 24 years ago in the Make a Mix book. Uh, they had these recipes for like uh, seasoned shredded chicken and seasoned ground beef and seasoned roast beef. And you put a lot of seasonings like in the chicken, the celery and carrots and, and, um, poultry seasoning and different seasonings and broth and stuff. And then you pulled it out for recipes. Uh, you'd had an, there was an Italian beef one, and then you pulled it out for Italian recipes and so forth. And I, I, that kind of limited me a little bit because I felt like it had to be used for whatever. I didn't really feel like that, chicken uh, starter, the chicken, seasoned chicken was really too great in um, maybe like chicken chili or barbecue chicken or chicken tacos. It just felt like it was too flavored in another way. So then I started, and the same thing was true like with the Italian beef. I felt like, you know, once I get that hamburger out, I have to make something Italian. I can't make sloppy joes. I can't make taco meat. I can't make chili or whatever. And so, um, for my my very best suggestion for starter is to you is to cook the chicken, as I described earlier, bag it in quart bags, pour half a cup to a cup of broth in each one, zip it up, let all the air out, and and freeze it flat, and then you have bags of shredded chicken, and um, you know, some people you know might feel like well that's not really a meal, and it's not, but the beauty of it is that you have at your disposal you know, at your fingertips, all of these different things that you can make with those, with that, those bags of shredded chicken. So, um, if I, you know, I'm running behind, I'm really busy a week, you know, with some deadlines, writing deadlines and so forth. Um, at the very least, I'll just say, okay, I'm just going to put, you know, eight bags of shredded chicken in the freezer this week, or eight bags of hamburger, ground hamburger, crumbled cooked hamburger. And, and so with that, with the starters, there are so many things when you pull the, that chicken out that you can make um, out of it. Um, barbecue shredded chicken, uh, chicken taco meat, uh, you pull it out and then, um, you know, you can make that out of it. You can make all kinds of soups once you have the shredded chicken. So chicken rice soup, chicken gnocchi soup, white bean chicken chili, chicken noodle soup. I mean, there are just so many things that you can do with that as a starter. And um, sometimes all it takes is seeing a bag of already cooked, already ready chicken in your sink, defrosting during the day to know, you know what, dinner's not going to be that bad tonight. It's not going to be that hard. I can put it together in 15 minutes or whatever. Um, additionally, there are other starters. Sometimes I'll do chicken taco meat by itself. I won't, I'll just season all of my shredded chicken and make chicken taco meat out of it because then I have the, the, the capability of making chicken tacos, chicken quesadillas, chicken flatbreads, um, 
uh, not chicken salad with this with shredded chicken, but uh, just all kinds of things. I could use it in a chicken taco soup or a um, uh, chicken, you know, some kind of uh, Mexican chicken soup of any kind once it's seasoned. So the starters are really great. And um, if that's all you do, I think that you would find it very helpful. Okay, next I want to move into the whole chicken cycle. And um, we call this whole whole chicken breast and fish pieces. And um, these are entrees that are just the meats, but uh, they are completely ready to go. So um, you can see on the list there, chicken cordon bleu. Um, and uh, I talked about this last week, but I'll briefly mention it with the with the meats, especially the whole meats, um, you can either freeze them, you can either flash freeze them on trays after you've done some assembly, uh, like after you've coated them and breaded them and you have them all ready to fry or bake, but you don't actually fry or bake them, you can flash freeze them at that stage. All of these chickens actually, mar you know, marinate them and freeze them in the marinade at that stage. And then when you pull it out, just be sure you write, then when you pull them out and freeze them, put them in bags and be sure you write on your bags raw or fully cooked. It's super important if you do multiple ways. Um, or you can go ahead and cook it all the way through. So um, in the case of the uh, fish fillets or the cheddar coated chicken breast or the Chick-fil-A knockoffs, um, or Parmesan chicken tenders, any of those that have like that you use a breading for, um, you can do all your breading and everything and flash freeze like I just described and freeze it. Or you can go ahead and oven cook, bake them or fry them and then flash freeze them and then bag them up. And then all you have to do when you get them out and you is just heat them up in the microwave or in the oven or whatever. Uh, you do want to be careful that you don't overcook when you do that because then you're going to freeze it and then when it comes back out you're going to reheat so you want to be sure that um, you know you don't overcook it but in that case it's very similar to what you would get at the grocery if you bought you know Tyson's chicken patties or whatever that are already breaded and so forth um, so that is what uh, you could do with the ready to fry fish fillets the cheddar coated chicken breast it's a breading with uh, cheddar in it really really yummy um, uh, Chick-fil-A knockoffs, um, I freeze those, I oftentimes fry those up and then freeze them, flash freeze them, um, the Parmesan chicken tenders. With the, uh, grill, with the marinated fish, uh, chickens, like, um, like the marinated pork chops or the, um, Don Pablo's chicken breasts, um, or, uh, Monterey breasts any of the marinated salmon, any of that, you can do like what you see when you see those 35 meals in two hours for your freezer. That's that concept where you put your marinade in a bag and you put your meats in a bag and then you freeze it raw. And so then you're going to get it out and you're going to cook it up in whatever, in a whatever way. You can do that with those or you can also pre-cook and freeze and then get them out just like you would grilled chicken in the freezer section of your, of the grocery. Um, my personal favorites, uh, I like to do uh, chicken cordon bleu uh, because it's it's already all done when I do it. I make my chicken breast up and then I put 
ham and my cheese and I freeze it like that and then I get it out and stick it in the oven and we have a nice we have nice chicken breast there um that that's already completely cooked in that case um smothered chicken is uh where I use a chicken marinade I marinate the chicken I grill it or broil it or whatever and then I smother it with mushrooms onions peppers cheese um we do the same thing with our shaped meat smothered um, smothered steak, we call it, but it's really hamburger patties. So you can see that you can do all of these meats either completely raw or completely cooked, just so you differentiate between the two, and um, then you get it out. And then, of course, you have to add something something to that. Now, I also have starters with this, uh, with the whole chicken breast and fish, um, and some of these starters are just just that they're just starters what I do with the garlic chicken bites and Monterey chicken bites is that I uh, kept my chicken up into little chunks and then I marinated in my Monterey marinade which is at the blog or in garlic butter olive oil type of thing that's kind of I kind of wing that um, and then I after they're done marinating for a while, I stir fry them until they're almost done or pretty done. I don't want anybody eating raw chicken when we defrost it, but at the same time, I don't want to overcook because I'm going to get it back out and heat it up. Um, and so then I have these chicken medallions or chicken bites, uh, either the Monterey um, for um, fajitas, same thing with chicken fajita strips. I have the Monterey chicken bites for fajitas or for... Um, uh, chicken quesadillas um, for anything that I want like a smoky kind of chicken I'll wrap them in bacon and put toothpicks through them and and put cheese on them and make little appetizers out of them Monterey chicken bites uh, to take someplace that I want to take appetizers uh, with garlic chicken bites I'm then ready to make like an Alfredo flatbread chicken when it comes out I'm ready to make um, chicken um, Alfredo with pasta and a white sauce, um, just all kinds of uses. So these starters, like I said, I mean, you think they're only starters, but yet that's what they really, you know, you really started. You really have a big, a good start. You've already marinated. You've already pre-cooked, you know, you're literally just boiling pasta or, you know, making a flatbread crust or, or buying a flatbread crust if you, um, you know, use store-bought, um, also, I can use those in stir fries, either of those, or uh, so that would be like a chicken stir fry starter. I can use those to make a, a vegetable chicken stir fry dish. Uh, I can use those in soups whole. Um, I have a chicken sausage cream soup that I sometimes do. Uh, sometimes I'll make like a chicken carrot cream soup. Um, I would do potatoes, but we're trying not to eat as many potatoes. So, uh, and I can use the garlic chicken bites in those. So these starters also, just a lot of starts for you that really um, do give you a lot of help. All right, I want to move on to the crumbled ground meat. Uh, there are basically three crumbled meats that I use. Obviously crumbled ground beef, um, but a lot of times I will put, I'll use half crumbled ground beef and half crumbled ground turkey and uh, mix those two together and then use them uh, 
just to cut down on the beef. We we're, we've been eating low carb for the last several months or a year. And so because of that, we eat a lot of beef. So using crumbled ground turkey is one way that I can cut back on our beef a little bit. Um, and then the la- last crumbled meat is crumbled ground turkey sausage because I do have several dishes that I use turkey sausage in. I use it on pizzas. I use it in an egg roll skillet. I use it um, in... Uh, uh, sausage gravy and in um, breakfast casseroles. So um, that is that's another um, crumbled meat. Uh, for my crumbled meat, I do the same thing as I just described with my shredded chicken. I put sixteen pounds, eight pounds of uh, ground beef and eight pounds of ground turkey in the crock pot. Cook it all night. Um, mine usually gets done in six hours though. So, um, and then I drain it and get my fingers in there make sure it's all crumbly. And then I'm ready to make anything I want to out of it. And even if I'm, like I said, I'm only going to do four pounds. Suppose I'm just making my, you know, I'm going to make four, uh, spaghetti pies today. Uh, I would use six to eight pounds for that, but, um, I'm just going to make those four dishes. I'm still going to put that six to eight pounds in the crock pot so I don't have a mess. I never have any grease splatter. Um, cooking meats, is has we've really fine-tuned that in our family. We also cook bacon in the oven. That's also at the at our blog, at my blog, uh, how to bake bacon. Just really cut, to cut down the time because you don't have to watch it and also to cut down the mess. And so then I dump it, drain it, and I'm ready to go. Uh there are a lot of entrees that use crumbled meat that are really, really good freezer meals. The top three for us, um, well, I have a lot actually, but we really like spaghetti pie, which is at the blog, and uh, lasagna, which is at the blog, and ground beef enchiladas, which is coming soon to the blog. And um, then I have some other low-carb casseroles that I make, like... Um, pizza casserole and taco pie and cheeseburger pie, those freeze really well too. Now in these cases and in the case of the shredded meats, you're putting something in, you know, that's partially cooked. So it's not raw because your meat has already been cooked. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, right, raw, partially cooked or fully cooked. I always like to do that on my, uh, foods because, um, not now as much, but definitely, um, in years past, you know, kids would pull things out to cook it, and I wanted them to know exactly where it stood. So there are just a lot of things that you can do with crumbled uh, ground meat. There are many, many, many more things that you can do uh, besides just these, but these are some of our favorites. Now, the crumbled ground beef in Ziploc bags, and quart bags, that is, it's just amazing because one of my pet peeves has always been getting out a skillet and cooking, frying up two pounds of meat for a meal. It just... You know, maybe it only takes 15 or 20 minutes, but it's a mess. It's 15 or 20 more minutes. I could just go ahead and assemble something if I already had my meat. So um, having this crumbled ground meat in quart-sized freezer bags, uh, two and a half cups is a pound once you've drained it. So I just cook a bunch and measure it out into Ziploc bags, and then I have it for just about anything. I mean, really, just about everything on this list Um on the um, starters list will work for that ground beef. Um, I can make, I make these mini cheeseburger pies, these taco cups and these pizza cups with my uh, low carb Bisquick mix. And um, I don't, 
sometimes I'll have those in the freezer ahead of time, but even better is just to pull out the, the meat and assemble it really fast and pop them in the oven because I already have the low carb bisquick mix made up. So, um, it's just amazing. You pull out this hamburger and then you pull out a flatbread and you have a, uh, you know, a, a pizza, so to speak, the lavish, I use the Joseph's lavish bread and you'll have a pizza in 10 minutes, you know, all assembled. And, uh, I also use this for, as a starter for other things like taco meat. I can pull it out and make taco meat really fast. I can pull it out and make sloppy joes, but we love sloppy joes so much that sloppy joes is one of my entrees. So I, I always put sloppy joes in the freezer and quart size bags, lots and lots of it. Love sloppy joes. Um, and you can also make a sloppy joe pie too, with the sloppy joes filling the cheese and the bisquick, uh, mix. But anyway, uh, soups, all kinds of soups, cheeseburger, potato soup, cheeseburger, carrot soup, um, chili, taco soup, um, all kinds of, uh, Italian dishes that you can make with this pre-cooked meat. Um, I use it for, to make Mexican pizzas or to make pizzas in general, just like I, and I also use the ground sausage for that. Um, pizza Diaz, that's at our blog, uh, how to make that. I have it for that. I usually have, um, a lot of pre-made taco meat in quart size bags too. I do that as one of my, it's a starter, but I also do it, you know, as one of my, my entrees because then we can pull it out and have tacos. We can pull it out. Like I said, we can make Mexican pizzas. We can make tostadas. We can make burritos, um, ground beef enchiladas. I usually have those in the freezer, so I don't have to make those separately. Um, just so many things that you can use with that crumbled ground beef starter. Okay, I'm going to move to the final type in my cycle cooking, and that is the shaped cycle. I just call it shaped for lack of a better word because I don't want to call it ground beef. I don't want to call it ground beef, although a lot of things are made out of ground beef in this cycle um, because uh, I wanted to have distinct names for each thing uh, whenever I used to type up my recipes and get them all ready. And the kids would often cook with me or for the family too. So I wanted to have that distinction. So we call it shaped. And um, they're fast to make, but you have to put side dishes with them. So um, most of the time. So that's something to consider too. Uh, you know, how, how many done done meals or complete meals or semi-complete meals do you want versus just meats? you know, like sloppy joes, taco meat, meatloaf, and so forth. But uh, my favorite shaped meals are meatloaf, ham loaf, Florida steak, which is kind of a, a homemade Salisbury steak. Um, it's also called poor man steak in some cookbooks. Swiss steak, salmon patties, um, and pizza burgers. Um, with this, you can, do, you can do the raw or the completely cooked also. Um, I usually do, um, most of this, except for maybe salmon patties, I usually do it, uh, raw, uh, with the meat loaves and ham loaves, I'll shape them, flash freeze them, and then, um, put them, if they're mini, I'll put them in bags, little mini meat loaves. If they're, you know, like one and a half pound meat loaves, I usually do use two of those whenever we have a couple kids here. And then I just put those in foil pans and they're, uh, raw. In, in those cases. Um, Florida steak, uh, I will 
um, oftentimes with the Florida steak and the Swiss steak, because it's both the same concept, I will uh, make it, shape it, brown it, then flash freeze it, stick it in a bag, potentially with the gravy and stuff. And then all I got to do is get it out and put it in the crock pot or the oven. Uh, salmon patties, I do both ways uh, because I'm just like with the Chick-fil-A chicken breast and the Parmesan chicken tenders, I like to be able to pull out just a couple. And so um, I'll have some that are flash frozen and raw, and then I have to uh, bake them or uh, cook them in the skillet. or And then I have some that are pre-cooked and all I have to do is heat them in the microwave. Uh, I really only have just a couple of casseroles that I use in this cycle. One is a Philly cheesesteak casserole, um, but um, definitely a lot of things started, uh, meals started with that. Now, in the starter side, I have my braised beef cube mix, which is at the blog, and it's my very, very first freezer meal. So I uh, think of it very fondly. It does have a lot of cream soups in it. So if you're opposed to using cream soups and you don't want to make your own, then this probably wouldn't be an option. But um, I've done it both ways where I've made my own soups and then I've also bought, and I've also done half and half where I buy some of the golden mushroom, but then I make my own regular mushroom. Um, but at any rate, this braised beef cube mix is just absolutely amazing. And that's why I made it for 24 years. Um, you use stewed chicken, I mean stewed beef pieces, and you um, brown those, and then you put all of these soups and seasonings and broth and everything in your crock pot or the roasting pan or the oven, and you simmer that for a long, long time, and then you have like um, what what some people might call beef tips, um, so to speak, and then you freeze that in quart-sized bags, and then when you get it out, you defrost it and you either use it for beef stew or you add sour cream to it and have a stroganoff or you heat it up and add sour cream at the end and have a stroganoff over noodles or rice. And um, this has just uh, been a favorite of mine and I used to always take this to new moms with uh, a couple of cans of jumbo canned stew vegetables so that uh, she could make her own beef stew pretty quickly. And so um, the starters over here are, um, you know, meatballs, both raw and fully cooked. It's just you have meat. You can make a meatball sub. You can make a pizza. You can make um, uh, a meat, meatball stroganoff. You know, you can make so many things out of meatballs. Shredded roast beef, um, too. I use that sometimes uh, in different casseroles and in like, um, beef and noodles or beef pot pie. Um, sometimes I'll just cook a couple roasts and shred it up and bag that up. And so those starters are also handy. So I hope that this has helped you see the many, many possibilities in freezer cooking and the ease, uh, at which you can start. It doesn't have to be this huge overwhelming program, but also in addition to the ease at which you can start, the simplicity of having the meals or the starters in your freezer and how this can help you become more efficient in your kitchen and more efficient in your home. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Wondering Wednesday. Please send us your questions. Check out our curriculum. We have free samples at the blog and hopefully we'll see you soon.